Warning, the podcast you are about to listen to may have adult language and discuss adult themes not suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Stay down and you never quit. Come on over here and sit on the far end of the bench. What is up, bench warmers of the world? Uh, sorry if you guys caught that other little slip up. Sorry if my lack of spell check uh, irritates you if you look on the title. I don't know if you can see it on your end. I misspelled your name, Dome Pilato. We're, welcome to the show, Dome Pilato. That's awesome. I was in a rush. I was flustered. You brought the teacher out of me. But it's all good because we're here now. I got your technical difficulties worked out. Um, you just gave me flashbacks to when I was in the classroom last week. I'm not going to – I can't figure – it's not working. Okay, great. That's that's awesome. I, I had flashbacks to CMAS testing. Like, it won't let me log in. Um, okay, so here's what we're going to do. You're going to hold down the power button for 40 seconds, and then you're going to count to 20, then you're going to turn it back on, and we'll see if that works. Because if that doesn't work, that's the limit of my IT capabilities. Uh, okay, I'm glad I got that out of the way. Thank you for coming on. I, it's not necessarily short notice, but it's short notice for the bench warmers that are watching, listening, all that good stuff. Uh, Dom, recurring guest, back-to-back, reigning, defending, FEOTB College Bull Pick'em Champion. I don't, I don't know if you have your belt handy on you or if it's down in Pueblo, but uh, welcome back and thank you for coming on and, and filling out while Nico's in uh, Albany for some training camp lacrosse. Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm glad to be back on the show. Unfortunately, my belt is hanging on my wall. It's a decorative piece at the moment, um, and I look forward to defending it again, hopefully this, uh, this um, winter. So, um, But yeah, no, I'm happy to be back and uh, excited to be here. All right, we do have a lot of sports to talk about. We're going to get caught up on the NBA and NHL playoffs. We're going to talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers since you are the Jets fan, and we were kind of talking about it earlier. I, I wanted you to save your thoughts. We're going to get your actual uh, opinions on this whole matter and see what you think about everything moving forward. Before we get to that, follow at Pod on all social media platforms, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Subscribe to the YouTube channel that you're watching live on. Leave a like, a comment. Let us know if you agree with what we're saying, if you think we're way off base. Um, let us know how many games you think the Nuggets are going to win the NBA Finals in because I'm booking it. Uh, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it. I am saying that there's a possibility we could have back-to-back parades. Now, I'm knocking on all the wood that I can find. If Nico ever listens to this episode, if he goes back, if he's listening now in Albany, I apologize. Not Sorry, not sorry. I feel so confident right now going into this. Um, but, no, let's – before we get into all of that conversation, you're a recent college graduate. We just had a birthday, so I'm going to take a moment to acknowledge that. How does it feel now you're entering the adult world and you do have a job lined up, so you're not even a homeless college graduate. You're actually a working college grad, which is a rarity in today's times. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know if it's fully set in yet. I don't know if it'll set in until day one of school. Um, I, it feels a little more real now that I uh, accepted that job um, at Horizon Middle School. 
Um, and so like it, it's getting there, but it's still kind of fresh, I guess. Um, the graduation ceremony take, takes way too long. It always does, no matter where you go. Um, but, I mean, it was good to uh, to have all my family there, have Savannah there, have you there, um, and and all my aunts and uncles who, who made the trip down to Pueblo. Um, I'm very grateful that everybody came down um, and <laughs> sat through or suffered through, however you want to put it, uh, the graduation ceremony. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I have my – my diploma well, or lack thereof since they haven't been mailed out yet uh, on display in my room right over there um, with all my stoles and stuff underneath it. So um, it feels good. It feels good to, to finally have that under my belt and uh, you know, to, 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 to take that step. And now, like you said, I'm heading into the uh, adult part of my life. So um, it's, it's a little frightening, but exciting at the same time. So yeah, you are joining me in the teaching profession, so we are going to be molding the minds of America's youth. You can be as excited or as terrified about that as you want to be. I'm hoping that I, I'm not going to lie to you. My secret goal is that someday we end up at teaching at the same school. We're on the same. If it was a middle school with contact football, that's all I'm looking for. I don't want the time commitment of high school football, but if we had a middle school team that was full contact, we played. We won a district championship. I don't know if there's states at the middle school level. My ultimate goal was me teaching social studies, you teaching math, the kids crying to me about how hard you make your tests. We go out there. We have the play sheet. We have the headsets. There's no press box. Who gives a shit? Who is anybody paying attention? No. And we're side. We're chest bumping, side bumping on the sidelines. We'll have the most pumped up middle school program that I can imagine. I think we got to move out to Texas for that to happen. Yeah, well, if we move out to Texas, there will be press boxes, though. There will be an unlimited budget, that whole thing, because we know everything's bigger in Texas, including their – especially their football. Um, yeah, I mean, that would be awesome to be able to teach at the same school. Um, we had that when we were growing up with Mr. J. Wagner and Mr. E. Wagner. Uh, I can't remember. I don't think I ever had Mr. J. Wagner. I think they were twins. I didn't have either of them, but weren't they twins? I thought so, but if you looked at them, they did not look – like twin, they were supposed to be identical twins, and I guess if you kind of squinted and like ignore the facial hair, they kind of they kind of look the same, but not really, you know. So yeah, um, people were still confused, kind of like when you. So the my my brothers both, I, I it was supposed to only be Ed, and then I talked you into it after your interview, but they came to my classroom and got to show off in front of the middle schoolers, which is good for me because it gives me like 15 minutes where they're just going to be sitting there staring at like, Oh my God, who are they? Like, is this is, I don't have to teach as much, but Ed and Dom came and visited the classroom and I have a class where it's my first class of the day. I have like four native Spanish speaking students, barely speak any English. And they see me walk into the classroom. They see Ed walk in behind me and you just see them go, huh? 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 Dos? Dos, senor Palatos? Por qué? It's, it's not two. He's, he's hermanito. Estoy, estás hermanito. Says, oh, oh, okay. And he enjoyed that class because he got to sit there and talk to him the whole time. But it, I'm not going to lie to you. You left quite the impression. They were hoping you were coming back on Wednesday after they saw you and Ed in the classroom. I think they were more hoping that Ed was coming back more than me. But, you know, that's okay. That is, yeah, they, they were all making the, the – I had – never seen such obvious you know how they say middle school boys are obvious when they see a girl that they like and they're just uh like tongue hanging out of their mouth the mask where the eyes pop out hearts pop out in your head yeah girls that i have never seen throw away trash 
in the 179 days or whatever that we have contact with students. Never once. Not their trash, not somebody else's trash. We always say pick up after yourselves, be kind, blue behavior, all that that stuff is in our school policies. These girls never do it. As soon as Ed walks in the into the pod area, because we're we have a pod system where you can see all of the different yeah, it's like, oh wait, I think this calculator's broken. I'll go and then all the trash cans are by the door. So I just got girls, you know, it's over off to the side and then throwing away trash, checking out, seeing, seeing where Eddie is, seeing what he's doing. <clears throat> yeah, I, mean, I enjoyed it. The funniest thing that happened was when uh, Ed, so one of your classes, I can't remember which one, it might have been the first one that I was there for, the two girls who were sitting in the back all the entire time while they were supposed to be watching the movie or doing whatever they were doing on their computer, just kept, you know, the little the uh i can't th- the pe- not peacocking neck i can't remember the i can't remember the term but they necking there you go okay rubbernecking jeez that was the easiest thing in the world and i totally forgot that anyway like a car crash that you can't look away from exactly but they kept turning and looking at ed constantly right and then at the end of class one of them like sprinted out of the room was one of the first ones out fights back through the crowd comes and gives ed a high five and then sees me standing next to him and goes Oh, hey. And like tries to play it off, like gives me a high five. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll give you a high five. And then her friend fought through the crowd too and goes, I knew it. I knew you liked him. Just screamed it at the top of her lungs. And I'm sitting there like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, there's, I mean, at that point, it was the end of the school year. There was no shortage of middle school drama going on. The 13 year olds were running wild, as, as we would like to say. Since, since the beginning of May all the way through to the end, the last day of the school year, it was um, – you might want to mute that family text, by the way. I was the one who sent that message. Yeah, that's a good, <clears throat> good call. You can't mute your computer, but you can mute the, the notification thing. Um, we are going to get into some teacher talk a little bit later on in the episode. That was kind of just a pl- preliminary thing. I am on summer break. I am finally enjoying. That's why I shaved back down to the goatee. I said I was growing my facial hair as Tom Hanks and Castaway grew his beard on the deserted island. Just give me to May 26th, please. I just need to get there, and I'm here. So I, I've shaved back down to the goatee. We're going to talk about some teaching stories since, like we mentioned, Dom will be taking over in uh, the Cherry Creek School District. So if you're in the Horizon Middle School area, you might see a Mr. D. Pilato as your uh, student's math teacher. So I, what is it eighth grade? Did you select, accept eighth grade or seventh grade? No, seventh grade. This one's a seventh grade position. Oh, um, so pre-algebra one. Yeah. Well, depending. Um, I think for the most part, uh, you're supposed to be in pre-algebra when you're in eighth grade. If you're in algebra in eighth grade, then you're ahead of the game. Um, and so I I liked it because when I went on uh, my teacher interview, they had a student panel that interviewed me too. And apparently from what I was told from the principal – uh, they gave a glowing review and, and that was cool for me because some of them, they had sixth and eighth graders in there. Um, and so for, for the sixth graders who were in there to give me a good review, um, knowing that they would be picking me as potentially their teacher next year, that, that kind of gave me a little bit of confidence, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be, uh, a little bit of a change, you know, cause it's going from the student teaching to the actual teaching. I actually have control of a classroom. It's not like house sitting anymore. So um it'll be it'll be fun 
Yeah, we'll get to that because that'll be a difference between our our paths, but that's coming up later on. Let's talk about the major storyline. It's not going to be talked about anywhere else other than this podcast and the sports stations that are here in Colorado. I don't even know how you feel about this. You're you're native. I'm native. Nico's native. Nico loves basketball more than anything. He loves the Denver Nuggets. That's his thing. I have my Fraud City shirt on. It's the only piece of Nuggets garb that I own. Do you even have Nuggets stuff? I do not. I yeah. used to, but I don't. See, that's, that's the issue. We've been talking about this. I don't know. Let's get your thoughts. Denver is a very football-heavy area. Hockey has started to gain, gain a little bit of popularity. High school basketball, kind of. But even, like, all of the other state championships that you see here in Colorado get a major stadium. And I, I guess I, may, I might be ignorant to what the state finals look like in basketball. It just doesn't seem like it's as important or as popular here in the Colorado area. And now with the emergence of the Denver Nuggets getting to their first NBA finals in the 40-year history, um, it seems like it's changing a little bit. But what did you? what are your thoughts on the Denver Nuggets as somebody who's lived here but doesn't even own any – part of that represents the team you know i've kind of always thought it's not necessarily like i I get jet stuff and i get avalanche stuff and i wear that that kind of thing because i am a fan but you don't have to have the memorabilia at least in my opinion to be a fan to to you know to actually like the team sure that's a way that you show it off um but you don't need it to to actually call yourself a fan so i am a fan of the denver nuggets mainly because I grew up in Denver. I'm not a huge basketball fan like you were talking about earlier. Um, you know, I don't sit there and turn it on on Christmas Day or, you know, whatever the case might be. But I do watch it from time to time, and I am a Nuggets fan. And I'm excited that they're finally making it to their first final um, in franchise history. That's crazy. Um, you know, I was hoping that we were going to have a, a double final this year. Um, selfishly, I wanted the back-to-back Stanley Cup too, but – um, I'm happy that we at least have one final that we can we can cheer on uh, a hometown team. It's crazy the ball arena name switch, and then all of a sudden, <clears throat> two championship runs, championship round runs. I'm going to say that now again. I'm not trying to be the jinx, but it's if we were facing off against the Boston Celtics, which this might be totally off. I feel totally different about this outlook going into the series. I don't know how much you've watched or, or seen if you've been paying attention to the run at all, but the Nuggets are the best team top to bottom. Nico's argued for it in two rounds. We had a Lakers fan on last week who tried to poke holes in this argument. Nico was kind of going off of the field. He didn't necessarily have all of the numbers to back up what he was saying, but he's like, the Nuggets bench is better. They will perform better consistently. The Nuggets have the best team from Jokic, who's the best player in the world, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., all the way through, like the the depth is crazy. And people tried to argue about it. That is what makes this Denver Nuggets team different. And that's why I think facing a Miami Heat team without a couple of their stars and a team that just went to game seven, like game one is going to be the biggest, ugliest blowout. In my mind, on Thursday, it's going to be the biggest, ugliest blowout that we've seen all throughout this postseason because Miami's coming back to altitude and they just got off of playing one of the most intense series of the playoffs. You know, the altitude is always going to play a factor too. Um, but I would agree with Nico. I think top to bottom from starters all the way back, I don't even know how many lines are on basketball, three or four lines, however many lines. Play, you rotate. You play a rotation of eight in a normal playoff situation, what Nico is saying. Yeah, five I, guys on the floor at all times, and then you got a three-man rotation. 
So I, I didn't even know that there was uh, that big of a rotation. But I think from the for the past few years, between I'm not going to throw the Broncos into this because the Broncos are a dumpster fire in their own right, and I know Nico's probably not going to. Uh-huh. I love it. But listen, okay. Compared to the other two professional teams that we have in Colorado, in Denver, they are the third by a mile, by a long shot, right? That's because the Avalanche and the and the Nuggets, they've taken the time over the last few years to build up not just their starters, but to build up the people who are behind them. So like this year when Landis Gog didn't play for however long, I don't think he played at all this season, right? Didn't play at all. We still made it into the playoffs. We still made a run, and we still had a chance. Of course, we didn't make it all the way through. That's a, another conversation. But the Nuggets are built the same way. I feel like if, you know, they, they've shown, because I think for a long time they didn't have a lot of their starters who were able to play or they were on. It's been, basically been two, two of the last four years of the run. Jamal Murray blew his ACL and didn't play an entire season, and Michael Porter Jr. missed 79 of 82 games a year ago. So even with those two, I mean, this year they finally had everything line up and obviously they made it into the NBA Finals. But even with those last two years or so that they've had those kind of issues, they still had a chance of making it not only into the playoffs but making a solid run, and they, and they have done that. And so that's why I think, um, you know, we, we do have a really good chance, a really solid chance of um, kind of, I'll say for lack of better term, upsetting the heat because the heat had been here before we haven't this is our first time i'm sure the heat aren't necessarily what they used to be but they still made it to the finals right yeah. they still made it to the dance that's more than a lot like however many teams i don't even know how many teams there are in, in the nba but that's more than 30 that's more than 30 so 28 other teams can say right because only two make it to the finals yeah and this is to it was a total revenge. I, I guess I'll I'll explain to you the story because it was explained to me on this run. Um, not necessarily. I mean, the Timberwolves in the first round, it was a little bit of a big deal because our GM that built this team, that drafted Jokic, drafted Jamal Murray, all of these guys just left for that job instead of staying here in Denver. So we wanted to beat him. We're able to do it. We beat the Suns, who you remember Suns in four. That was like the most embarrassing time in the world to be a person from Colorado that enjoyed sports because that's all that was talked about was the Suns in four guy. You beat the Suns in six. You beat the Timberwolves in six. You play the Los Angeles Lakers, who you are winless against in the Western Conference Finals, including three years ago in the bubble when they won their last title. So you have to knock out the T-Wolves, the Suns with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, the Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You do all of that. Not only do you do that, you sweep the conference finals. That's your first sweep in franchise history. That's the first time it's ever been done, and it was in the conference finals. I it, It's hard for me to assume that this team is just going to stop. Given the rest versus rust, I mean, I would have rather than maybe have one extra game so they're not sitting, on, sitting around for a while, but they have guys that are coming off of major injuries. Recovering from an ACL doesn't just happen overnight and you're good. That's why Jamal Murray had to sit out an entire season. And that's why it's important. Like take advantage of these rest days. Jokic is a stone cold Eastern European killer. Like if he wasn't in the NBA, he would be a special forces Spetsnaz guy that the the Soviets would send to to fight Sylvester Stallone back in the eighties. That is Nikola Jokic. If there wasn't basketball and I feel like they're going to be able to do it. I mean, 
I agree. You know, Jokic just carries himself like that guy who you can't knock him off his game, no matter what you do, right? And so I, I like the idea that it's a it's a revenge tour, right? I mean, that gives you a little bit of extra, uh, a little bit of extra motivation, even if you know if if the players are asked, they might say, "Oh, it doesn't matter. It's just another game," right? But in the back of their mind, they have that. And so I like that. I like that idea. And going off of the ACL injury, you know, at a game like basketball and and hockey, I'm no expert in, in either of them by any means, but they are constantly moving, right? Um, and so to have an ACL injury and to come back off of it and to to play as many games as they do and um, be on the be on the quarter on the ice as much as they are with an injury like that, it is important to have those rest days. I agree. I think if they would have extended it one game, that wouldn't have been a bad thing necessarily. Um, it would have, you know, kind of would have kept the, the oil in the gears a little bit um, and and wouldn't have given them as, as much time to kind of, I guess, for lack of a better term, rust up. Um, but it kind of cancels itself out, right? Because Miami's coming up to altitude. They got to play us in, in our home state and at our home court. And so I still give the advantage to, to the Nuggets. I mean, everything put together just kind of points towards them, especially for game one, if not beyond that. So, yeah, it's going to be, I mean, you're going to have to win. Nico likes to say it a lot. You're going to have to win at least two in Colorado, in Denver, in Ball Arena for Miami to come back. That's why it was huge for Miami to beat Boston because if Boston wins, I believe Boston has home court based on the tiebreaker. That would have been both number two seeds out of the West and the East. But since it's the eight seed out of the East, which kudos to them, I think we can spend a little bit of time talking about Miami. They were the hottest team in basketball before they almost blew that 3-0 lead. It's never happened in in NBA history where a team has come back from a 3-0 lead, but it almost happened. It's a little bit interesting for us, and I'm excited. We're So the way that we're breaking up this content, Dom is on the show. This will be released on audio on demand tomorrow. You'll be able to watch the replay of the live. And then whenever Nico is available, I'm just going to set up quick, quote, bench light episodes, and, and we're going to get as much time as we can from him. It'll probably be on his phone. It'll probably be bad audio. But when we talk about it, I'm interested to see what he thinks. It's a former guest of the show, Chris Birdman Anderson. He played – for the Denver Nuggets back in 2009 when they lost to the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. He obviously played for the Heat when they won the NBA championship. Um, Mr. Bryant, obviously a big person that's been in our lives. We've known the Bryants for a long time. I played with Nico. You played with his younger brother, Brock. It'll be interesting to see where all of the loyalties lie. We've we've done nothing but give the Heat their credit in this postseason run. The eighth seed, we didn't think they'd beat Milwaukee. And Giannis, I didn't think that they would get past. I mean, it's easy to think that they would get past Philadelphia now because Philadelphia is mentally soft, softer than Charmin Ultra Soft. It's awful. But this last round, I didn't think that they would do what they did. I thought they were going to possibly close it out in five, but they almost gave away that game seven. Boston tried to make a comeback. They said, no, it's it's not happening. Um, Miami is tough, but they've just beaten themselves. It, It congrats getting here, but you took four bullets getting to the front door. Like the machine guns did their, did their due diligence. The nuggets are in such a better spot than you right now. The only thing, and I'm not saying that the, the, the nuggets are approaching this game this way, but we have to make sure that we stay focused because if they walk in thinking, Oh, they're the eighth seed, they shouldn't be here. 
They just came off of a full seven-game series and and should be basically dog-tired, right? If they walk in to the to Ball Arena on Thursday thinking that, then I'm I would be afraid that they're gonna get embarrassed. You know what I mean? So I I look at it like, look, you're both you both made it to the finals. Sure, you're a two seed, they're an eight seed, fine, whatever. But they made it to the finals. You have to look at it like they are on your same level because in all reality, they are, right? They they got to the dance. They have the same opportunity to win as you do. Now you have to show them why you are you were a two seed coming into the playoffs and why you are the better team. And yeah. on, a, on a side note, shout out to Mr. Bryant because he was one of my references on, on my uh, resume and all my job applications. So I, yeah. I like to think that he is one of the, the major reasons why I was given as many opportunities as I was uh, to interview in and for job uh, opportunities. So just throwing that out there. But yeah, when I release the audio of this episode, I'll put the link to Birdman's episode because he came on with Birdman, which is just smart. If you're a pro athlete and you're going to go on a podcast, have your legal representation. They don't have to be on the show, but having them in the room, a solid like you're not going to say anything that you can't unsay. And Mr. Bryant is, is awesome at doing that. Um, no, it's, it's a good episode to go check out. It's a good question, but I agree. Like you can't fall into that. I feel like there was a lot of complacency looking back on it. Now, how much, how complacent were you when the avalanche drew the Seattle Kraken in the first round of the playoffs this year? You know, I looked at it like they're, they're an expansion team. They've only been around for uh, what, two years now, something like that. And so I looked at it like they are the new kid on the block, basically like the senior going against the freshman, right? There's no shot that that Seattle is going to make it past the first round. And honestly, they came in and they embarrassed us. I mean, there's no other way to put it. They they were the better team. They took advantage of, of the shots that they were given. And at the end of the day, they're the ones who moved on. Now they didn't make it all the way through. I think that they didn't. I don't think they made it past the second round, right? They lost in seven to the Stars. Okay, so they lost in seven to the Stars. And you know what? Kudos to them. They took the Dallas Stars, who are I hate them, but admittedly they're a good team. We don't have to talk about. Well, we'll talk about them and coming up, but then we won't have to talk about them anymore. Admittedly, they they made it to the playoffs. They're a good team, right? But the Kraken took them down to the wire. So kudos to the Kraken. They they did great there. But yeah, I, I just. I, I don't think that they're going to approach it that way. I think that they've approached every single game that they've had this season uh, with the correct mindset. Then they just got to start out this series and they got to go into each game with that same positive, um, but also realistic mindset, right? You know, you want to, you want to walk in like you're the biggest guy in the yard, but at the same time, stay humble a little bit. Yeah. In my mind, I'm picturing Jokic with the old school alarm clock at his bed and it rings and you so it rings at 4.30, clicks the alarm off, gets up in the kitchen, cracks a few eggs into a glass mug. He's wearing old raggedy sweats. You know he hasn't washed in three or four weeks, downs the eggs, goes on the run. It's not even cold because Denver, it's been warm, like hot as hell the last few days. Yeah. So I, that's in my mind. That's what I'm picturing. I might have to watch the Rocky series before the series starts. Good thing we have until Thursday. I have it scrolling underneath here. The NBA Finals start on Thursday. I'm assuming it'll be at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time because that's normally when they start primetime events. Um, and, yes, much to the chagrin of all the other NBA fans, this is primetime. I don't want to hear about the ratings. I think the ratings are going to do fine. 
People want to see Jokic. People want to see Jimmy Butler. Miami basketball is an institution. Colorado is fully behind the Denver Nuggets at this point. And There's Col- going to be a lot of attention. If they're not an institution yet, they are creating – they are making themselves into an institution. They I'll, are- tell you, I'll tell you this. They've been in the NBA Finals like six of the last 15 years. And you know what? They – they have earned that, you know. They've taken advantage of great talent, and they've put together some really good teams. So that for you to say that, that doesn't surprise me at all, especially because usually I only watch basketball when it's the finals anyway. So I know the final game, the last, the last game. Not, well, like the last three usually, but you know, it's this is a good this is good promo work. If Vince McMahon was watching us, because you can't totally put down your opponent. You still got to give them a little bit of something to hold on to at the end of it. And I think we've, we've done that. Um, I'm excited to get Nico's opinion. I'm hoping that we can get Jeremy on. Jeremy's a big heat fan. So Jeremy, who's also on the college pick'em shows that you've competed against. He's been our master's expert, uh, came on during the college basketball. Yeah. yeah. I'm knocking that crown off this year. I don't give a damn. I'm going to watch so much college football. It's going to be unhealthy. My kids aren't going to learn a single thing. From gonna, August to October, but I'm gonna it's gonna be worth it. You know, you're gonna you can watch as much football as you possibly want, but you're gonna try to out statistic the math guy. There's no shot. Dumb, I was a whiz. If I was good at one part of math, it was probability and statistics. That was the only silver lining that I ever had. That and talking about infinity in my college class that I was just able to bullshit through. Like if you explained what you're thinking or, or how you emotionally felt that day, you got 100% of the answer whether the math equation was right or not. Um, no, it's going to be hilarious. Mr. Pilato, I don't understand. How many countries are there in Africa? Damn it, I don't know. Eastern Carolina or Buffalo? Who do you think is going to win? That's more important right now. In like, the Liberty.com Gator Bowl, who is going to win? <laughs> Mr. Pilato, I don't understand. No, that one. See this? Two high safeties. Why do they not run the tight end down the seam? Mr. Pilato, can we speak to you? In a minute, I'm going over film. And you no longer have a job. Okay, well. <laughs> it's You know what? I don't know. I, I, I kind of like that idea of – because especially during that time, if you give them a little bit of break, like the same thing that you did with the Hamilton movie. You know what I mean? Now, I don't think that you can get approval to watch college football, but I, I, I don't mind the idea. Funny story, and this is good because if she ends up listening to this now that we don't work together, Sherry Lewis is the best teacher to have on your team as a first-year teacher. Uh, she helped me, helped me so much throughout. She retired at the end of this year, so unfortunately I'm going to have to hope that she subs for the people that are on my team or in the school to be able to see her because she was awesome. Um she on the her on the last day we were going through because when you were at a school the last day the in service day you're not doing any work hopefully you have your grade books all finished out and everything's all all good to go but they did a staff meeting where you kind of say goodbye to the people that aren't going to be there they were talking about Sherry and she, her and the the one of the PE teachers it's like yeah remember when we got written up by the principal because we were watching March Madness during class well not really during class it was on our lunch break but we didn't have any kids but the principal. You, you might have to explain this one to me. Is like, I had Gonzaga up minus four. <laughs> that's why I was watching it. That's why I was watching on my lunch break without the kids. That's that's why I was doing that. Mm, fair enough. I, you know what? I'd give it to him. 
Uh, yeah, no, if he's anything, I'm going to say that, you know, <clears throat> the World Cup, I, I, I told this story on this podcast. The World Cup, I had an essay due where the kids were working like two or three days. I had to make an outline and we're working on pulling information, citing sources. <clears throat> it was like one of the World Cup days. And I, I was walking around the classroom because, you know, praise, prompt, leave, make sure that everybody's doing what they should be doing. Nobody's playing games on their Chromebook. And uh, there I was walking around. People were writing their essays. But you know how you can make the browser in a, into a little mini player? The game yeah. was on in the bottom left-hand corner. But they yeah. were writing. They had the essay open the whole time. So I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to. I'm. Uh, I don't know what's going on here. See, so. For me, it, it wasn't uh, World Cup, but I had a bunch of wrestlers in my class. So during March Madness, not oh me. yeah, I was that was me. I was doing that. My kids weren't interested, but that was the week before spring break. I was like, oh look at this. You know what? They were they were kids after your heart too, Jimmy, because you know they weren't even watching the regular March Madness. They were watching the Division Two March Madness. Me, that was me, because we had three Western guys in the tournament that made it to the final. I was like, oh, this is heaven. Because they're taking a test. I don't have to do any. I barely have to talk to them. And I'm just sitting there. Former former guest of the podcast, is Hunter going to get the takedown? Is he going to? Oh, he got it. He got it. He's into the finals. Oh, God. Oh, the two of us being at the same school, maybe that's not such a good idea. (laughs) You're the math teacher. You won't have time. We're we're a month behind. We just started. I know. There's that social studies teacher. We might watch a, a movie today. Yeah, I was kind of – I was going to teach you about the Roman Empire, but you guys seen this uh, Gladiator? You can't watch Gladiator. And if I don't show the entire movie, technically, technically, I didn't show an R-rated film. I don't know. That seems like a – It's so good I have the warning at the beginning of this show. When we get – I'll tell you a story. I went to the last faculty, like we do a staff happy hour at the end of, of the week. So, we're kind of teasing it a little bit where we get off on tangents. If you guys know our relationship, it was hilarious because he's sitting two floors above us right now, but we were walking out of Chili's the other day. This is the first time Dom and I have been living in the same house for more than a few weeks at a time. So we're back kind of on our bullshit. This is how we all, if you went to high school with us, I feel so bad for you. So bad. Like Nico, if Nico were here, he'd be able to attest to it. (laughs) But we walked out of Chili's the other day and dad goes, "Ugh, they are going to be spending a lot of time together, huh? Yep. Too bad, old man. Hey, you know what? I, I can't back you up on that old man comment. But uh I don't know. That's I didn't even yeah, that was that was hilarious because uh the other night when we were playing WWE until I don't even know it was like one o'clock one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, one o'clock in the morning. We were making not even on purpose, the two of us were just trying to beat the other one. But I was sitting there thinking, you know. If we were booking a show, these would be hell. Like, these would be. I want to wrestle. I want to go. We could. I mean, Rocky Mountain Pro, if we don't coach, Dom, if we don't coach. And here's the thing the Mercury Matt Yaden, who runs the Rocky Mountain Pro indie pro wrestling school slash show that's on YouTube. I don't know why I'm giving a free shout out, but I am. He was the wrestling coach at Chatfield High School. That was where I saw him initially. I, me and Tyson were sitting in the corner. We we're like, damn, that Chatfield coach is big. And then he had the ponytail with the blonde streak. And I was like, hmm. And then I watched the show and I was like, God damn it. That is, oh my God. You know what? 
you know how much so this is for WWE obviously but you know that they get they get paid like five grand a match right when you're good when you're not good you get paid like I don't know I think the most that you get is just an enhancement talent is a thousand or something like that and that's Nate, Dom I almost called you Nico that's how much I've been doing the show recently yeah I don't I did what I'm about to log off if you call me Nico uh, okay I stopped myself I was thinking about it. I wrestle enough. I could walk in. I, I mean, I have to get in shape for the actual show. I wrestle enough. I could pull that shit off. Well, yeah, we'd have to run the ropes. And you know what? So running the ropes, I've been told sucks. And that's from Chris Jericho, who's been doing it for almost 30 years. And he still hates it. But at the same time, I'm also sitting there like, you know, I think that'd be fun as hell to go to one of those schools kind of treat it like a workout but at the same time like it's kind of just a hobby i don't know i think it'd be kind of fun i just don't know how expensive it is uh i didn't get to the paying for it but you know we went you were with me when we went uh i happened it was my senior year spring of senior year of high school i was kind of looking what am i gonna do like what am i gonna i'm gonna go to college obviously but like that was when we were big into – I think that was the year that we invited the Bryans over to watch WrestleMania. We were kind of big into pro wrestling. I was like, let's see. Because I, I happened to find this guy in the Facebook group, and then all of a sudden we were standing there, and he's like, yeah, no, we have people here that win championships on the weekends and bring the belts to high school with them. And I was standing there like, oh, my God. Oh, this is <laughs> – if Zach was here, he'd be totally freaking out right now. Yeah. Well – uh, that was the year uh, with the greatest heist of the century. That was when Rollins cashed in in the main event. Yeah, no, that was that was also the year that we had to watch the Shield implode. I remember we were all watching that, you, Ed, and I, and we were like, oh, we're the Shield, we're the Shield. And that was the day that Rollins turned and stabbed Roman in the back with a steel chair, and we were all like, oh, my God. Yeah, that made me so mad. That was also the same year that uh, – Daniel Bryan was forced into retirement because of his neck. Oh, that was a terrible – good Lord. That was just yeah. wrestling. It was rough. Um, we're going to throw to a quick commercial break. We're going to play one of the trailers for our shows from a while ago. So if you have it, if you're just checking out our show now and you haven't subscribed on the listening platform or subscribed on YouTube, this will give you a chance to see what you're missing. Um, it's nice that we're – kind of talking about the WWE stuff now, because when we talk about hockey, I want to talk about Matthew, Matthew Kachuk and his post-game interviews, uh, but we're going to get into that on the other side of the break and then finish up with some teacher Q&A, see what Dom is worried about going into his first year of teaching, and I found a couple things from social media that we might want to discuss. So that's all coming up here. Don't go anywhere. Far into the Bench Live, episode 140, coming back after this. If you don't stay down and you never quit, on over here and sit on the far end of the bench. What's up, bench warmers? Welcome into episode 119 of the Far End of the Bench podcast. Jimmy Plato, Nico Bryant. We are through college football's regular season. We have a lot of that to talk about tonight as you're listening to this podcast. We're going to get into it. We mentioned it a couple of times, but it might as well. doesn't hurt to say it one more time. Far end of the bench, third annual Pick'em College Bowl Pick'em Show with Jeremy Fear, Dominic Pilato, all coming back. It's going to be the band back together again, and it is going to be streaming live. That's right. You heard that. Live. 
on our YouTube channel, our social media pages at FEOTB Pod. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to the, Fire, the, the Variety Sports Network at Variety underscore sports underscore. Follow them on their social medias as well. We'll talk in this episode, hockey. We talk a little bit of World Cup. I tell one of my favorite stories from school. I use Will Farrell to teach social studies. Who would have thought I'd be able to do that? World Cup recap. And then obviously we get into our NFL pick them before gearing up for a big night tonight. So hopefully everybody, as you're listening to this, you're already followed on your favorite podcasting platform. You're subscribed. Leave a like, notification, comment, all that good stuff. Let us know what you think of the show. And uh, you're going to yell at, you're going to hear Nico yell at me a little bit for saying this word, but hey, are we ready to ride Nico? Let's ride. Buddy. Jimmy, 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 I'm, I'm done riding. Okay. I'm done riding. Nico, I, dr- you, I dress like an idiot for this. I'll Let me just say let's thing. ride. I'll tell you one thing. I will get back on track and I will win the pick this year. Next year. Don't you, or this year, don't you worry about that. I will come back, but because, because I'm an idiot going laughs, you're going to want to make sure you tune in to listen to my idiotic takes because my idiotic takes coming out live even sound worse than they are right now. Because I'll tell you right now, my takes on the Broncos aren't good. And you know what? They're going to be much better for the pickup. So you better listen to that and the rest of this. Uh, at FEOTV Pod, Variety Sports, or Far End of the Bench YouTube channel, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, Thursday night. Be there live for the College Football Pickup Show. If you don't stay down and you never quit, come on over here and sit on the far end of the bench. All right, everybody, welcome back. That was, I didn't even realize that was the the uh, little trailer video that we have in here in case one of us needs to take a break on the live shows. Uh, going into the pick of Nico was talking some, I don't know if you, li- I know that you listen. I don't know how often you listen or if you're like a weekly bench warmer. Going into that, he was, you know, you, you were public enemy number one. We made no bones about it. We wanted to beat you and dethrone you. Uh, I listened I'll be honest, I'm a little bit behind. But uh, going into the Pick'em especially, I was listening pretty much every week because I knew I was coming on the show and I wanted to know what you guys were talking about. Um, Yeah, I wasn't surprised because I knew from those two or three episodes that I'd listened to from the weeks before that you guys were gunning for me. But you missed. If you're going to shoot, you better make sure you hit me center mass. If you just wing me, you're just going to piss me off. Yeah, we definitely missed. I, it was unfortunate because you were here during winter break at that time. And, yeah, I get to keep tally of all the people who are winning, who are losing. I started off as bad as it could be. It didn't go well. And, obviously, that's the kind of content. If you haven't listened to the show, we do that live pick show every year. We do our annual uh, bracket challenge, which Nico took last in this year. So I, all of that trash talk really didn't bode well for him all that much. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so the, let's – Get back into what we're here for. I said we were talking a little bit about WWE before we went to the break. Um, have you been watching? I know that you were upset since the Avalanche got knocked out of the playoffs. You Have you watched a single playoff game since? Have you been kind of keeping up, seeing what's been going on, what's been talked about um, since the Avalanche have been eliminated? No, I mean, I watch if it's on the TV at the restaurant that we're sitting at or if – uh, you know, you turn it on and there's nothing on TV, um, you know, and you find that. I mean, but that's usually for maybe a couple minutes. I haven't really paid too much attention um, to, you know, much of the game. Um, not because I don't want to watch hockey, but I'm just 
I like watching avalanche hockey. It's a lot more entertaining to me than just watching random hockey. So, well, the, the obviously the the finals have been set, and it is going to be the Florida Panthers taking on the Las Vegas Golden Knights. The Golden Knights in their sixth, seventh year as a franchise. This is their second finals appearance. This is their fourth time that they've been this deep into the playoffs so far. And the Florida Panthers, I mentioned it to you tonight when we were sitting there at dinner. I, I, you were coming hard at the Florida Panthers. I was like, what? Why, why don't you want them to win? You know, the last time that they were in the Stanley Cup Finals was 1996 against the Colorado Avalanche in their first season here in Colorado. It hasn't been like they've been Tampa Bay and dominating the league for all of these years. Florida is relatively new to any kind of actual, you know, relevancy here in the NHL. What was what was the motivation behind your take on Florida? Because, you know, this is a pro Florida Panthers podcast from now on. We can't stand. I do not. The last thing I want to see right now is the Vegas Golden Knights hoisting a Stanley Cup at some point in this playoffs. You know, coming at the Panthers, like you said, I think that's a little much. I don't think I was coming at them. All I said was I would like to see – somebody from the same conference as the Avalanche win the Stanley Cup. To me, I understand we don't like the we don't like the Stars. I know we don't like the Stars. I know we don't like the Blackhawks. We have a different name for them. Anyway, uh, I know we don't like the Red Wings. I don't I know we don't like the Knights, okay? I know we don't like the Golden Knights. At the same time, I almost look at it like so the people who beat us were Beat by so the Kraken were beat by the Stars, the Stars were beat by the Knights, right? And so I would like to see the people who beat the people who beat who the people who beat us all the way back down that tree win because then that's almost that's almost giving us the opportunity to say, sure, we we lost, but we lost to the people who won the Stanley Cup. You know what I mean? So that's why that's why I say I'm okay if the Knights win. I'm okay if the Panthers win too. That'd be great for them. They haven't, like you said, they haven't been in there for almost 20 years, right? And the last time that they played in the final, they played against the Avalanche. So I, truthfully, I'm kind of just hoping for a good series, good hockey. Um, and maybe this is the one that I'll watch. Uh, you know, I haven't necessarily decided that yet, but I wouldn't be mad either way. You're going to have to figure out how to stream these games in New Mexico. I'd have to give you the TNT or uh, ESPN. Yeah. I think TNT has the final this year, so I might have to give you the TNT login. Yeah, I might need the TNT. And if you're not a, a true puckhead, do I want you watch? I do want you watch the final because that's another thing. We talked a little bit about ratings with the Nuggets being in the NBA final. People are already saying that this is going to get terrible ratings because it's Vegas and Florida and they're not big hockey markets. I truly, if you are somebody who calls yourself a sports fan, and has not just sat down and watched the Stanley Cup final when your team is not in it, then you can't truly call yourself a sports fan. Because even if your team is not in the Stanley Cup final, the games leading up to winning the Stanley Cup, I don't know if you agree with this, but we've said it on this show, the Stanley Cup is probably the hardest championship in all professional sports to win. You have to win 16 extra games following an 82-game season, and we don't see home teams dominate in the NHL in the Stanley cup playoffs, like we see in some of the other leagues leagues around the world. This is truly one of the toughest tournaments in professional sports to get through. It's one of the toughest championships to win in all of professional sports. So this is one of the best sports moments that you can possibly give yourselves 
if you're going to, to sit there and watch. Whether you're a Florida Panthers or a Vegas Knights fan or not, if you're a sports fan, you are going to sit there. You are going to want to sit there and watch the Panthers play the Golden Knights. I I would agree. I mean, I think that it's probably if it's not the hardest championship to win in all professional sports, it's got to be top three at the very least. I don't know if I don't know who I would put above it. The only other one that kind of rivals how how long the season is and how many extra games you have to play would be baseball. And everybody looks at baseball and says, oh, well, it's not that hard of a sport to play. You'd basically stand there for most of the time. True, but it's a hundred and it's a hundred eighty-two game season, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So playing hundred eighty-two games plus the potential of what is it? 21. Okay, so twenty-one extra games, right? That would be the only other other one that rivals the length and, and how many extra uh, games you actually have to play in order to win the championship for for that professional league. Um, but I would still say, with all the wear and tear, how constant the movement is in hockey, and again, you said eighty-two games with an extra four series, seven games, potentially twenty-eight extra games, right? Um, that's a hell of a feat for you to be able to say I I was able to hoist the Stanley Cup this year. Not only that, but for you to be able to say that you hoisted it back-to-back years or even back-to-back-to-back years, right? Um, I think the last ones to go back-to-back was Tampa Bay two years ago. And so for you to be able to say you did it once, let alone twice, and then let alone twice in a row, that's a, a major feat, and you can really hang your hat on that. Yeah, well, we were going to talk a little bit more about that. The Avalanche need to do a few things to be able to bounce themselves back and be able to get back into that conversation. I think they were – we thought that they would be able to win and go to the final. I think if they beat the Kraken in the first series, they beat the Stars, and and they're able to handle everything moving forward. But there's a a couple question marks that Nico and I are going to talk about. Well, if you're around, we might as well have you on because we're always trying to get more opinions. But uh, predictions for the Stanley Cup final? I'm looking – so we have Vegas and, and Florida, right? Yeah. I'm thinking – I'd say Vegas in – I'll go Vegas in five. It's not going to be a clean sweep. I think both teams have a really good really good shot at pulling it out. Um, I'm going to lean on experience um, in this case and say – a little bit, a little bit of the okay. Of I found this on the web for and say, check it out. Series <laughs> point uh, a performance. Uh, but anyway, I, I I give the nod to Vegas. I, I like their chances just a little bit more. I think Florida. Um, I think that they're going to end up kind of being like. I want to say that they're going to try to build themselves like the Avalanche did, where now they're getting experience in the final, right? And then next year, potentially, they're going to come and, uh, you know, reach that same peak or get into the final again. And now that they've been there before, it's going to be a little bit more um, normal for them. Um, So for this year, I'm going to go Vegas. The only thing that I will tell you is that I think it it would work out if they were to win in like five or six. We would possibly be in Vegas when they have their parade. Yeah, I would love to wear my Avalanche shirt to the Vegas parade. I'm not going to lie. 100%. I, I have that 
heavy. Oh, it's down in it's down in Pueblo. I'd have to grab it, but that's okay. I I do. You're that. stopping in Pueblo on your road trip. Yeah. I, well, I know I'm gonna have to grab it. Um, I would 100% in the 95 degree Vegas desert heat wear that giant Colorado jersey that I have because it's thick. It is thick. I will 100% wear that to a Vegas Golden Knights Stanley Cup championship ring. Be like, oh, yeah, congratulations, you have the Stanley Cup. Remember what we did? Yeah, Chris. <laughs> it would be interesting because it, we'd be able to actually drink at the parade. You weren't necessarily technically allowed to do that at the Avalanche Parade. You missed the Avalanche Parade, by the way. You were in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was sitting there at dinner. It was at the uh, Mexican restaurant that they had on the resort. And I, ca- and I had the ESPN app specifically for that reason, and I kept looking on my watch. And I think it was, what was it, 2-1 with like two minutes left or something like that. Kept waiting for an update, waiting for an update. And then finally 3-2-1. Um, I think Craig pulled out his phone and was and actually had the stream going. Um, he pulled out his phone and, and it was at the very end. It was like five seconds left. And they finally said, oh, my God, the avalanche after a 20-year drought. The job is done. Yeah, seriously. So that was cool. Um too bad that they can't do it again. I wish that they could do it again, but um, I, I, it's so much fun because technically, when we went to the Broncos parade, it's not either of our teams, but it is kind of our team because we live here. I would love to go to a parade for a team that I'm kind of a rival of. I don't know if they see if see us as a rival. I told you why I can't root for the Vegas Golden Knights. Last time the Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche played in the playoffs, the Golden Knights beat them in four straight games. It's what sent Philip Grubauer to Seattle. If Grubauer wins that series, we go on to win the Stanley Cup like I think we could have done that year. I think Grubauer stays, and, and he's still the, the goaltender for the Colorado Avalanche, which could be good or bad. Vegas has a sour taste in my mouth. And we went to Vegas after they won that series when they got beat up by Montreal, which was great because we were at the Park MGM, which is where everybody has to go to, to catch the tram and tram. And that's like right up next to the arena. So it was awesome seeing all of their sad faces and wearing my Colorado Avalanche lanyard around. But this would be just another level. I'm I'm now that you say that, I'm not looking forward to it. My prediction is Panthers and six because I think they're gonna win it in Florida and just have the absolute most killer party of all time. Matthew Kachuk might have a baby inside of uh, the Stanley cup. I don't even know if he has a child, but that's, that's the kind of celebration that we're looking at. But if we were able to go to the Vegas parade and avalanche gear, I'd wear my bitch. I'm an avalanche fan shirt on the back. Uh, it's, it's almost too good a content. I didn't know that you had a shirt that said that I got it at last year's parade. It says, uh, Go Avs, go on the front. It was one of the independent shirts. I don't even know if it was legal for me to buy it, but I bought it. It says, bitch, I'm an Avalanche fan on the back. You know, that's that's why it's cool to go to those parades because people come up with their own their own gear. You know, maybe it's legal. Maybe it's not legal. Most likely it's not legal, but it's just cool to, to see what people come up with. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm just looking for, for good hockey um, at this point. Uh, my prediction is Knights and five, um, but at the same time, it, it's just going to be a good series. That's all I'm looking for. All right. Uh, real quickly, before we get into our teacher talk, I have a few things that I pulled down from social media that might may or may not be of interest to you. It'll be fun content for the people that are watching. Um, Aaron Rodgers being the quarterback of your New York Jets. 
expectations for next season now that he's the quarterback? You know, I've always said getting a good quarterback or, or one specific position player does not make a championship team. However, with all of the pieces that the Jets have been putting together in the last couple of years, their defense is getting better. Their offense is slowly getting better. Their offensive line could still use a little bit of work. And honestly, I'm not too high on Makai Becton right now after he's bitching and moaning about the um, the coaches putting him on, at right tackle after he had his right MCL or ACL repaired. And that's the one that's the leg that he's planning off of most. And then they're wondering why he's moving slow. Well, true, a, a knee is hard to come back from. I'll admit that. But you don't you don't throw the coaches under the bus like that. Anyway, I think them adding Aaron Rodgers to the fray is a great step in the right direction. Now they need to they need to address more of the issues that they have, right? You have somebody who can throw the ball down the field and, and who's a, a good gunslinger, and at the same time he's a pretty good field general, right? But now you need to be able to protect him and you need to be able to give him the option of a good running game in order for him to have that opportunity to have that save, you know, that Hail Mary and that long pass down the field. Um, so expectation-wise, I'm – I mean, lowest expectation would be a winning season. I'd love to have a winning season this year. Um, it's been since 2010 since they made the playoffs. I'd love to make the playoffs. And honestly, I think that we have a decent shot of making the playoffs this year. Um, you know, I guess throwing it out there, I – I would love to see a Super Bowl run. Is that going to happen? Probably not. No. But being the optimistic Jets fan that I am, I would love to see a Super Bowl run. Here's my question. It's Aaron Rodgers was like the third best quarterback in the NFC. You can argue coming off of two years ago, he was the MVP. And I think he was back-to-back MVP in this decade. But moving to the AFC, he is now behind Mahomes. He's behind Burrow. Maybe you could say he's top three based on what he's accomplished, but we thought Russell Wilson was going to be good in Colorado and Denver last year, and that didn't work out. Is there going to be some kind of learning curve? Is this going to be really reminiscent of Brett Favre's career where the Jets get really close and miss the playoffs in the last week? With 17 games, it's a possibility. Who knows? But that's kind of where I'm thinking, like, you go from being in a situation where you're probably – you're the best quarterback in your division by far – and you're the second or third best quarterback in your conference. In the AFC, there's so many other quarterbacks. Like, is he the best quarterback in his division? No. Are the Jets the best team in their division right now? No. Both they have to beat Buffalo. They have to beat New England. Well, they have I mean, to beat Miami. I see what you're saying. I do see what you're saying. And honestly, the AFC East is kind of it's it's getting to the point where it's stacked, right? It might it might be one of the better. I'd say it's not the best division in the AFC. I would I would defer that to the AFC North because right now in total, those teams subtracting the Steelers, even though the Steelers have still been competitive, they have put together the best division in the AFC. I would say that second best, I'd throw the AFC East in there. You know, the, competitive-wise, I'm not going to say – um, I'm not going to take anything away from Patrick Mahomes, and I'm not going to take any way, anything away from uh, Justin Herbert or anybody like that, right? But they are getting up there. Um, I will just throw out the fact that we that, that loss to the Patriots last year still burns. Um, stupidest, stupidest loss I think I've ever seen. And I'd even throw it up there next to the butt fumble. Um, and, yes, I, I brought it up. You're welcome. Um, but – 
I would say, you know, we, we have a good shot at, at uh, making the playoffs, at least putting ourselves in a position to make the playoffs. Um, you know, first year with Aaron Rodgers uh, as our quarterback, I don't know if it's going to be smooth sailing. I don't think it's going to be smooth sailing, honestly. I wouldn't expect it to be. Um, but I think that we have a good shot of building building more around him, right? Keeping our defense as strong as it has been, um, but building up that offense around him so that he actually has a shot at performing the way that he should perform. That's optimistic. I mean, I, I'm trying to be devil's advocate. I think it could work out. It could also crash and burn, or it might just be a dud like when Brett Favre went to the Jets. And he's not signed for after this year, so it could be that same exact situation where he ends up going somewhere else in free agency, or he just stops playing because he's 40 years old and not everybody's Tom Brady. No, and you know what? At the end of the day, there, you can't take anything away from Aaron Rodgers. He's he's built himself a really good legacy. Um and, you know, it, I just hope he doesn't tarnish it like Brett Favre did with with the way that he bounced around different teams and never never let himself kind of – he just wasn't what he was back in, in Green Bay, right? And so I, at the very least, I hope that he has a good showing and he, and he doesn't uh, kind of go the Brett Favre route. And I don't know if that's necessarily a great way to put it, but um, I'm just hoping for a good – a better season than last year. And I keep saying that, and that's kind of the, the cop out, you know, the, the lowest expectations. But um, if you, with this team, if you set the, your expectations low, they, they outperform your expectations. So um, I'm, I'm looking for a playoff run. I'm going to, I'm going to high, I'm going to move my expectations up a little bit, but um, you know, as long as we get to a, a positive over 500 record, I think that that'd be a great, great change for the season at least. All right, that's your sports talk for the week. Now, since you are going to be a new teacher, I just finished my first year. We're going to open it up. If you have questions, if you have concerns, anything that you're nervous about, we're going to start off. I found a couple things. We're going to I'm going to play a couple clips. I have a couple pictures of stuff that I saw, but this is just some of what I think would be the first year worries that you have of taking over your classroom for the first time. So this is where the teachers can chime in. If you have your own questions, concerns, I have a year of classroom experience under my belt. Dom has student taught now and co-taught and we'll be taking over his classroom we're going to get into the teacher portion of the show which we'll see uh whether or not and nico kind of gave me free reign to do what i wanted with the content so this is what he gets but here's the first one this is on classroom management i wonder if you have any wonders or questions about classroom management now hey brandon michael need you guys to do me a favor and get off the shed hey guys i mean it Let's get off the shed. When we were get off the shed, get off the damn shed. I got a. I love a good Will Ferrell reference. I played the wrong video initially. That was Will Ferrell on Saturday Night Saturday Night Live at the height of his powers. Um, what are your thoughts? I guess did you experience that in your student teaching? I don't know how how long you've taught into the day. Well, so. For the, for the majority of the semester, I took over everything um, and was in charge of all the classes and that kind of thing. And you know um, some of that situation and, and that kind of thing. But uh, I had a few different experiences where it was it was like that. And I also had a couple different experiences where it was worse than that. 
Um, and so, you know, I, I kind of look at it like student teaching at the school that I taught at um, prepared me to kind of see not necessarily everything because I don't know everything. I know I don't know everything. You don't want to know everything. I don't want to know everything. That's that's the truth of the matter, right? Um, but at the same time, I kind of think I was prepared well, and um, they were able to uh, show me kind of the best and the worst of what a classroom could look like. And so, uh, and by the worst, I mean the worst. Like I had kids who were groping each other in class. So, yeah, I mean, solid. Just to throw it out there, I mean, you know, I'm not not going to name names or anything like that. Cause obviously that would be a terrible thing to do, but um, yeah. And to throw, to throw even more fuel on that fire, not only was my teacher who was supposed to be watching me in the classroom, so was my observer from the university when it happened. So that was great. Anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, classroom management is one of those things when you're a first year or second year teacher, the kids try to take as much leeway as they possibly can. And so knowing that going in, I think that's going to be helpful. Um, and at the same time, uh, you know, I, I <clears throat> excuse me, I think that's something that just comes with extra experience. So um, not to say that I'm not going to try to my best and do the best at keeping my classroom managed. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm expecting to have some situations like that. Yeah, well, here's my situation, not having student taught or been like told, hey, if you have a syllabus with all of your expectations, you can always just refer back to that when they have a question. I was kind of keeping my expectations on the fly a little bit. Most of the time, what the biggest compliment I got as a first year teacher is like, wow, you have great classroom management skills. They, they respect you. And I was like, well, there's been a couple of times where I reverted to old offensive line coach. Well, you guys just sit down and shut up so I can teach you something. But like, that's another thing that I'm going to tell you leaning on that coaching background where you can get riled up. And like, if you have a student that you know is smart and can take it, if you can yell at them and not necessarily yell at them, but like have a situation where you kind of put it back into perspective, Hey, I'm the teacher, you're the student. So let's get back on track and we're doing what I want to do. The rest of the students do fall in line a little bit. Seventh grade, they have days where like the weather changes and they're all of a sudden animals for the last hour and a half. My two, it's funny that video, I'll play it again on uh, after we move on from the classroom management topic, but like my class coming right back from lunch was 33 students. My class seventh hour at the end of the day was 36 students. And on Thursdays, we have block days where I see those two classes back to back right after lunch. And it was my seventh hour class at the end of the year, they weren't allowed to go in until I gave them permission. And it's middle school. So they're standing outside, lined up, waiting like it's elementary school they just left fifth grade and they have to wait for me to call their names back in based on their seating chart and be like okay we're going to walk into the classroom quietly sit down get our journals out and if there's anybody talking the entire 36 of us are going to be back out in the hallway and we're going to get this right so get off my damn shed hey brandon michael need you guys to do me a favor and get off the shed hey guys i mean it let's get off the shed when we were get off the shed <laughs> get off the damn shed all right if you're a teacher that has struggled with that you're not alone that was the best thing about my alp classes we'd go to to school every tuesday and they'd be like well, my student did this my student did that and i'd be like wow i had a rough day my kids aren't even 
I didn't have anybody groping them, groping each other in class. Uh, you have any, what are your kind of concerns or do you have any, I, I don't know if you have any questions, but like, what are, what are some of your trepidations? Um, well, one of the things that I think could play to my benefit or to kind of my downfall is the fact that I am young. I mean, I, you just said I, I celebrated a birthday. I just celebrated my 22nd birthday. And so I think it'll be better now that I'm, I'm kind of going into middle school and they're younger. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think that that was one of the things that helped me out um, during certain times during uh, my student teaching. But uh, it also hurt me a little bit because the kids felt comfortable confiding in me because I was close to their age. And I like I basically just got out of high school and, and knew kind of the struggles of being a student athlete and being a high school student and that kind of thing. But at the same time, at, at certain times, they almost got too comfortable with me. And um, I would say that was more with the freshmen surprisingly than with the juniors and seniors um they kind of looked at it more like i was their older brother than um you know their teacher and so not that that's always a bad thing but when you're trying to have good classroom management and show growth and kind of show your observer that you're trying um and the kids are super comfortable with you in that way um it can be harder to do than than you would think so um just my trepidation is that i'm I am young and I know that I'm young and I can't really hide that necessarily, even though with the beard and everything, I sometimes look like I'm 30, but I'm not. So I had kids asking me if I took my kids trick or treating. So you're going to have those kids who still think that you're like ancient. Uh, it's funny. This is how, you know, we share the same brain because this is the next clip that I had and it goes along with being a teacher in your twenties. So here's, here's the next part that I showed you. Hopefully this will give you a little bit of faith that you're not the only one going through this. Did you yeah. get asked where your hall pass was? No, uh, actually, yeah, actually once. It was funny, too, because it was one of the security guards, and I was friends with the security guard. Every day he walked up, he fist bumped me, he asked me how my day was going, that whole thing, right? Um, I was walking in. Uh, they had an assembly, so first hour didn't start for another for like an hour after when it's, than when it was supposed to. And so I walked in um, after football practice and was getting up to the room and trying to get all set up, and he goes, hey, where's your pass? You're supposed to be at the assembly. And I looked around looking for the kid that he was talking to. And then he goes, no, you don't look around like you like you don't know I'm talking to you. And I go, uh, I don't even remember. His name started with a J. I was like, hey, J, um, it's Mr. Pilato. It, it's it's Dominic. And he goes, oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. Do what you were doing. Thanks. <laughs> See ya. Yeah. Well, uh, it, like you saw what I wore every day. I wore a button-up shirt and, and slacks. And so it's not like kids are dressing up like that. So I was really confused. Like, what? Okay, fine. I, I, it's me. I'm just going to my room. We're good. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Get back to class. Get your ass back to class. Go. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought you would have just found a geometry class. A bit like, okay, what are we doing? Yeah, that's. 
I, you know what? I, I always said I was afraid to teach geometry. I actually like teaching geometry. Sorry, as a tangent, but. Yeah, no, I I had, it wasn't necessarily, because I'm, I'm 25, I'm going, I went into it a couple years older than you are. It, when they did figure out how old I was, are you the youngest teacher? Nope. Held teachers younger than me by a month. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not, but I am close. I am very, very close. It was more like when they learned it's my first year teaching in general, I would always say it's my first year here. Some of them would be smart enough, like first year here or first year here as a teacher. You know what, smarty pants, you can just, you can back off. Um, Take a lap. Just take a lap. Just go ahead and sit in push-up position. You didn't say anything wrong. Just push-up position. That's fine. Don't do any push-ups. Just sit there until I get sick of seeing you. You can't do that. That was one of my uh, first questions when I was in Greeley doing my field experience hours. I was like, so is it against the rules? Because I know when I was – I literally said when I was at the Air Force Academy, their their punishment for us was uh, push-ups or planks or whatever. Is that, like, against the rules? Can I do that or no? And I think his name is – his name was Mr. Gross. Uh, I asked him if it was pronounced gross. No, it was – it was – spelled and pronounced gross and he goes yeah no that's that's not something that you can do i was like okay it's good that i asked before i actually said something like that and did something like that because then that's a whole nother issue but anyway if it's in your syllabus i think you can if uh, the issue is if somebody complains if you put the wrong kid in push-up position and you have an admin that won't stand up to the parents that's where your issue is going to come in but i i don't see anything wrong with it I always liked, you know, I at, at the end of the year, my best classroom management strategy, and I wish I would have done it earlier, but I would I put on my whiteboard because I tr- kind of had my whiteboard set for what they were going to say every day. It had class strikes and the week of school that it was. So then they're seeing how many weeks. You know, we only have 36 weeks of school, 37 weeks of school, however many it is. So you get to see the countdown. And if you finish the week with less than three strikes on Fridays, you guys get to pick where you sit. Not only that, if we're doing notes on Friday and I'm not lecturing, you guys get to listen to your own music. And that was like a total game changer. I didn't even have to say silent work at that point. If it was before Friday, they would just automatically, you know, assume that was that was the, the procedure. If we get to Friday, is I got I had a little bit of Dwight flash in my mind there. What's the procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? But if they just got in their seats, they didn't interrupt me, didn't talk while I was you know not wanting them to talk. They got open seating on Friday. It was a very lax environment if if they were able to do that. You know, that's something good to think about. But uh, the the funniest thing that happened, uh, I told you I had a lot of wrestlers in the class. And so I looked at one kid. They called him Cowboy. He was a really good wrestler, one of the smaller guys. Um, I looked at him, and he would not stop talking one day. And so I said, hey, uh, I'll call him Cowboy because I'm not going to use his real name. Cowboy. If you keep talking, I will talk to Coach, and I will have him make you do three hours worth of grind matches later tonight at practice. And he looked at me like, how do you know what grind matches are? I was like, dude, I wrestled in high school. I know what it is. I know why you know grind matches. Yeah, I hate it. That's why the kids at Castleview know grind matches too. They hate it just as much because I don't have to go through all the conditioning now. So I could just – I was a handful – like the guy who, uh, when Brock Lesnar got called into the Money in the Bank ladder match at the very end, everybody else was all over the place 
somebody got put through a ladder. Somebody got put through the announce table. Here comes Brock Lesnar. All right, that's mine. Thank you. I'm out. Yeah. No, I some days, especially if the middle schoolers suck, then I can go to high school wrestling practice and pick out the biggest kid. You're with me today. Yeah. But then when I get tired and they're drilling, I'm like, you go find somebody else. But live wrestling, you come back here. You know, you know where I'm at. Yeah, that was that was the funniest thing that happened because looking at his face, it was like, oh god, yeah, I know, I know, you know, I know. Yeah, you know that I know that you know, that won't be fun. I would also recommend. I don't know if your school offers it, but like coaching the sports because then you get to see. Does your school set it up? Does Horizon do teams or where you like see the same kids or is it open enrollment? I am not entirely sure. I want to say that it's kind of set up more like um, more like campus where there, even if there are teams, you kind of have open enrollment in certain areas. Like, so I was always on a team, but I most of the time went cross team for pretty much everything because um, like I went to pre-algebra in seventh grade and, and the teacher on, or the math teacher on my team only taught whatever seventh grade regular math was, or um, like I went to AP or not AP uh, honors language arts. And that was only taught by this teacher or whatever. So I am not entirely sure. Um, I'm sure I'll find that out here in the next month. Um, But I want to say it's more like open enrollment. Just the coaching, whether it's team or open enrollment, you get to see kids that you don't have in class. And then also the kids that are on your team get to tell those kids so you kind of build a reputation that way. I had people coming up to me on the last day signing yearbooks that I had never had in a class, but like, oh, yeah, I remember. You enjoyed me coaching you. So that's why you wanted to come get my signature. But, like, coaching and getting to do that side of things where they can see that you're not just a math guy because as much as everybody loves math guys, not the most inspiring people to talk to sometimes. What do you mean? imaginary numbers is all I have to say. I'm not going to let you go into it because the people that are listening will turn it off. People that are coming back to it won't understand. You, you do know that like, if you went for a master's in math, you could, you could get a master's in imaginary numbers. Like my, my linear algebra teacher, and this makes sense. He got his master's in, <clears throat> he was an algebraist. He got his master's in algebra. But they call him an algebraist because he is an expert, or no, he got a doctorate, whatever. But he is a expert in algebra. Anything to do with algebra, linear algebra, regular algebra, um, abstract algebra, whatever the case, he is a he is an expert in algebra. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'd rather get an education master's. That sounds better to me. I was gonna say the master's in imaginary numbers sounds a lot like a master's in philosophy. Kinda. Kind of. I can't do it. I can't. Won't do it. Um, last thing, because it's not all negative. It's not all worrying about how classroom management is. I'm sure that you've thought about this, but this is something a lot of the classes that you're going into, whether coaching or teaching, you try and find your purpose. I think this one shows what a purpose of a young teacher, especially in today's climate with as many teachers that are leaving the profession. It's not all doom and gloom. Things do get better, but sometimes you're able to do the impact that this video is talking about. So this is our last one, then we'll wrap up the show after this. Now everything technicolor. Hey now, hey now, this is what dreams are made of. Hey now, hey now, this is what dreams
Now, at the risk of getting very sappy, and I don't want to cry, I, I managed to get through the entire last day without crying and saying goodbye to all my students. Um, I was somebody that didn't think that I was going to be in this situation, didn't think that I would have a classroom or, or kids that would come to me every day as like the major opinion in the room. That was the biggest thing that I had to get over when I first became a teacher. Like all of these little 12-year-old kids in your class, they will come to you and ask you questions and they expect you to have an answer and whatever you come up with, that is going to be their answer until they're either shown or proved prove it to themselves otherwise. But it is when you see like just a random innocuous thing that you say in a lecture and that sticks with somebody and that helps them get the answer right, there's not many better feelings than seeing somebody take the advice that you give them and, and better themselves with it. So as much as teaching is going to be a grind and you're going to hate your life from the end of winter break all the way through to the end of the year because January and February are the longest months as a teacher, it's still like you, you keep in perspective the good things and keep in perspective the days where you're like, this is so random and I didn't think that I'd be in this situation, yet I'm here and I'm the, the governing authority in this room for the next however long and these kids are going to whatever you do is going to leave an impact. You know, I, <clears throat> I have more experience, I guess, fully teaching with uh, high schoolers, but I will say this last semester, seeing the kids, you, I, I didn't think that I had that big of an impact on them, but my sixth grade or my sixth period um, on the last day that I was there, because I went back to the, the classroom that I was helping with before I got switched um, and was helping them out because they didn't, they weren't getting uh, as much lecture as they uh, should have been. But uh, I was helping them out and they had made, it was just a simple, like a little homemade card, right? Just a thank you, Mr. Pilato. We're going to miss you. And they all signed it. And I was sitting there like holding back tears because Huh? You sons of bitches. Yeah, seriously. I was sitting there about to cry, and then I looked at uh, her name. Her name started with a T. Um, she she go. She's looking at me, and she's she's laughing. She's smiling, and I'm sitting there like, was this a joke? Like, are you just trying to make me cry so that you can see your teacher cry? Like, what? And she goes, No. If I if I, if I don't laugh, I'm gonna cry. And I'm like, Okay, let's laugh. Let's laugh then. <laughs> It's funny. And don't just stop. Just just stop. You guys need to stop. Nobody else start crying or I'll start crying. Oh my God. I immediately took that back and put it on the fridge at the apartment. And I it should still be up there unless you got like the magnet fell off or whatever. Um, but that and then when I was doing Friday school, um, one of the teachers had to bring his kid because they don't have school on Fridays in Pueblo and I don't think at any school. Um and so he brought his kid and she was awesome. She was this little, I think she might've been a second grader and was sitting there drawing a dinosaur. It had two, two sets of arms, two sets of legs, two sets of wings. It had a long neck. It could walk on lava. It could swim. It could fly. It could do pretty much anything. And I was sitting there like, you know, indulging because there was nobody there to tutor. And I was just trying to pass the time. And then at, 10.45, 15 minutes before we were supposed to be done. 
she walks up and goes, this is for you. And she signed it all in the little corner. And I was sitting there like, just don't. Just thank you, but go. Yeah. I put it's that on. Weird. It's weird. Like those, the little, not to sound, you know, not to be weird or anything, but even like I told you guys, there was a couple times last week when we were at David Buster's for your birthday. I was like, oh man, this is just the most wholesome my life has ever been because I, I'm more than willing to engage anybody in conversation now. And I was walking through Dave and Buster's trying to find you guys. The little dude is like, Hey, look at my new shoes. Aren't they cool? I was like, those are freaking sweet. He's like you should get some, I'm going to look into it. I promise you, those are awesome. And then I walked away and he just had like the biggest smile on his face. I had no idea who he was or I was over. Some kid was standing in front of the game. I happened to have the credit. So I was playing. He's cheering me on. He's like, go, go five, four, three, two, Fun. Oh my god, you did so good. Oh my god. I was like, dude, don't I'm I'm not teaching elementary school. I promise you, I won't do that. This is you're you're making me feel so awesome right now. <laughs> I can't do it. It's too much. You need to take your cute self, you're just so innocent and pure to the world, walk away. Because I will cry and it will be weird because a grown man will be crying at a Dave and Buster's. And I didn't even lose. I did pretty good. I got like a thousand tickets in that game, but I can't. The kid's gonna be walking around like I was just trying to cheer this guy on, and he just burst into tears. I don't know what happened. Yeah, don't be the weird. That's what you don't be remembered for being the weird guy. Is basically the the moral of the story. I'm excited. I told you I'm excited to see the way that you're gonna teach your classroom. Um, and yeah, it's a little bit of nostalgia for me because I'm looking back. That'll be the last time that I ever have a first class of anything. In my teaching career, I have 30 more years to go in this whole thing. That's all. That's the joke with Sherry and like guys that are close to retirement. You're counting years in. I'm counting years out. Yeah, I get it. I'm I'm new to this. I really enjoy it. I think you're going to enjoy it, and I'm excited to see how well you do. I appreciate you coming on the show too, given your two cents about sports. The first time I've forced you to talk basketball and something other than football on the show, but I think you did a good job. And, and yeah. I, I'm hoping that everybody else is excited and, and we'll have Nico on to talk more of the X's and O's of basketball. But for now, it's just good vibes in Colorado. Yeah, definitely. Uh, excited to uh, to be back on the show. I got to finish up packing so that I can leave in the morning for New Mexico and go see the uh, extended family down there. Uh, I call them the in-laws. It's easier to explain that way, and eventually they will be my in-laws. Uh, but – uh, yeah, I, I liked getting to talk about basketball. It's not something that I usually get to talk about. Love talking hockey. Uh, talked a little bit of football, and uh, it was just great to be back. So, Well, hopefully everybody – yeah, go ahead. One last thing. I know it's late. I got to challenge you to one last match in WWE. We went two and two the other day. We got to break the tie. We'll figure it out. We'll do something. Um, we Hopefully you enjoyed this show. Hopefully you got a little bit out of – what Dom and I are going to be doing on a daily basis teaching. And if you're a teacher that listens or watches this, it gets better. Get through it. You guys are doing important work. Stick with it. Don't quit like so many people are because it's a great profession. Follow at FEOTVPod. Follow Dom on his social media platforms at DPilato63. DomPilato63 on Instagram at DomPilato on Twitter. And he'll be back throughout the next couple weeks. Um, like I said, Nico will be back on to talk more of the X's and O's. But this is Far End of the Bench Live, episode 140 with – Dome, Dominic Pilato, <laughs> Mr. Pilato in the future. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. We will see you guys later on this week. If you don't stay down and you never quit, come on over here and sit.